that certainly didn't go to Gorquad on the left. Amble was so clever, so good. And Murphy is it. What a goal. What a blues. The young and the old together. The ground and there it is. Paulson, McGovern again. Oh, yes. This to give Carlton the lead. They're in front. The Blue Boys. Stopping and dropping. Betts gets in and the table the end was gone. And you can put down the glasses. It's an amigo. It's an amigo for the finish it off. Kick it, Jeffrey. He does. Carlton are on their way to Sydney. G'day, Blue Baggers, and welcome to this week's edition of the Blues Footy Podcast. It's always a little bit worse recording after a loss, it must be said, but we've got to do it anyway, and there's a lot to dissect after today's, if I'm being brutally honest, poor showing from the mob. Your host, Jed Zetzer, here alongside Harrison Hymans. Blue Baggers, we'd just like to take a moment to thank you all for the overwhelming support. We didn't expect this much support when we started the podcast, and we're truly grateful. We've received some inquiries from Blue Baggers asking to sponsor the show, so we thought we'd reach out. We're presenting an opportunity to join the Blues Footy Podcast team and get on board as a sponsor. Whether it's you or someone you know who has a small business that would be of interest, send through a message to our DMs or get in touch and we'd love to chat. Has, as Bolt we like to call him, what do you make of that? It was a train wreck, really, after quarter time. Um, it, it happened quickly, which, you know, when and it, it's, it's almost like last year when we played Hawthorne, you know. We were six goals up, and they came back, but they came back so quickly as well, like within a quarter, and they did the same thing um, this year. But it's just, it, was, it was a very disappointing, you know, clearly our worst performance of the year. The first time we've, I think, been soundly beaten. Yeah, it's just a very disappointing afternoon in Perth for Carlton. Yeah, it is. And I, I want to start off pretty strong here. I'm very strong-minded when it comes to this. I've seen a lot of Carlton supporters on Twitter having a dig at the umps. And I mean... There are some there are some weeks where perhaps it you know it's warranted. This is not one of them. This okay. is this is not one of those weeks where you can look at that game and seriously tell me the umpires had any bearing on it. Oh no, no, I didn't really notice them to be honest. Yeah, I, I you know, I, and given the whole game is you know looking at the game itself, I don't think the umpires had any bearing on that result. Yeah, really. and I'm not saying the Carlson supporters in, complaining always, about always, them are saying that they had a bearing, but. You know, there's like with the players who make skill errors, the umpires are going to make an error here and there, and they're yeah. the first ones to admit I that. I just, I just don't want, uh, you know. After that, the last thing I want to do is hop on Twitter and see Carlton supporters whinging about umpiring because that was, we were so clearly outcoached tonight. It wasn't even funny. We were outcoached. We were outplayed. We were smashed on the rebound. We were killed on the spread. It was, it was our doing. So, oh, yeah, although outplayed. They were just yeah. output, and they were outworked around the ground. They were, they were, and I mean, you look at that performance as a whole, and you have to wonder because let's be honest, the writing was on the wall very early. I felt, I felt as Hawthorne started piling on the goals, you could see what was happening. There was no plan B. There yeah. was no change up. No, no, it just became. It was just a very stale performance. That's what it was. It, be, it was stale after quarter time. It was almost. It became. A, I know the commentator said this. It became a game, you know, of interceptions. Almost. It was just they were intercepting the play. We lost on. all system ahead of the ball. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It was. It was a really, really tough afternoon. I felt, and I feel like that's a wake up call. 
that's a wake-up call to say, hang on a second, yes, we've taken strides forward this year, but, you know, we're still we're still where we're at. This when We're not, and I know we said we probably are a finals team, we're not a finals team after that performance. Oh, no, as in, I as I think I've I've been saying for most of the year, I think you know our footy's good enough to play finals, but the team's not ready for finals. Definitely not. In the, in the, I think we're going to take a similar trajectory. You know, two thousand and eight, we were ten and twelve, and I think we're at about that level this year. Um, you know, whether that's a seven and ten, eight or nine type of year in the condensed mm. season, and then it's next year. We went, you know, in, from oh eight to nine, we went from ten and twelve to thirteen and nine. That jump has to happen probably next year. That's where that's the expectation. Yeah, it is. It is. That's that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, one player I just want to quickly touch on before we bring on bring in our special guest, Mark Murphy. Um, yeah, I was really. I was, I, it, was, it was a down night. I, I was for him. disappointed yeah. by our leaders tonight. I really was. In the absolute crucial moment of the game, Patrick Cripps gets two golden opportunities, and just. I don't know what he was doing. He's, it was selfish. It wasn't the team thing to do, especially the second one where he had Eddie free in a goal-kicking position. He went himself and missed, and let's be honest, with all due respect to Cripper, he's an absolute monster and is a superstar of the game, but he's not kicking that goal. He's no. not He's not good in front of goals. He needed to kick it to Eddie, who, firstly, he'd be able to hit up Eddie because he's a good kick, but also, Eddie is good in front of goals, so you want to oh, hit him up. It was just, the, it was just, it would have just been. And the also, point. also knowing the fact that Eddie hadn't been able to get himself into yes, the game yet, yes. hitting him up, getting him involved, you know, lifting his confidence a bit. I just felt as in, that is really. Where he, I actually thought Cripps played pretty well tonight, to be honest. Yeah, I, I'm. But I, yeah. I was really, I was actually really disappointed with Cripps tonight. It's I just, just I two just, big moments, I agree. It was more than that though. It was I mean, you know, third quarter, you have a set shot at a really big moment. I know he's not a great kick, but like Oh, don't do what he did. Don't try that at home. Dance around the mark. Yeah, well that one as well. I was talking about the one where he missed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, just have have a bit of game sense. You've got to slot that. You've just got to slot that. It's all it's all, I think every Cardinal supporter knows Paddy Cripps isn't well, the ideal kick. player from a he, set shot. No, he's he's the last one you'd want. Yeah, and I, I mean it's not taking anything away from him because he's an absolute superstar. But I just felt tonight he was really costly in big moments, and at the end of the day, it's probably one of the major reasons why we weren't able to get ourselves back into the game. Not the only reason, but it was, I felt it was a factor. I mean, if Cripps slots those two goals, we're back in it. Another one, just a quick. I was laughing and I was thinking of you, Bolt, when it happened. We were on the spread. We were on the rebound. Kennedy possesses the ball and dropped it as we were about to yeah. enter the inside yeah, 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, these are just little things. I know. But they happen in big moments. They and do. I feel like that's what costs us. They do. We make, we make crucial errors in big moments. No, they really do. Well, Blue Bags, it's time to bring on our guest for the show this week. He's a former AFL player for the Western Bulldogs and Essendon. I know you're not going to be too happy to hear that. But uh, Mark Alvey, he is a blue bagger, and that's what's most important about him. He's very vocal on Twitter. He's got a great Carlton opinion, and we're looking forward to hearing what he has to say. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, boys. Good to have you, mate. Quick thoughts on that absolute, well... A train wreck after quarter time, really. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, especially when you look at it from the 16 minute mark of the first quarter to half time, they outscored us 51 to 7 in that period. So, yeah, it's hard to get your head around, especially after the way we started. So, yeah, look, certainly we've got some glaring holes. Um, 
that we need to fix and yeah, fix them pretty quickly. The one, I guess, the one thing that a lot of uh, blue baggers on Twitter are saying is potentially some of our close wins have covered up some almighty cracks. Do you think that this was a really, you know, do you think we were found out here, or do you think that there's not too much need to worry on a larger, you know, scale? Do you think it's, you know, do you think we're sort of overreacting to this result? Um, I think, and we're all guilty of it. Um, when you have a loss like that, in in the manner that we lost. You know, we can all get pretty worked up and hysterical straight after a game. And, you know, sometimes you've got to give it 24 to 48 hours just to calm down a little bit, assess it properly. Um, you know, already tonight on Twitter, reading some of the comments from our supporters, they're wanting to drop seven or eight players. So, you know, drastic reactions like that don't get you anywhere. Um, but certainly at the same time, there are areas that, you know, we need to have a look at and fix. Um, you know, a big one for mine is we went into the game tonight um, ranked 18th in the competition for goals conceded to opposition midfielders, wings or mid-forwards. Um, and that just showed up tonight on a dry, fast deck. You know, once the ball comes out of our front half on the spread, we just get shown up big time. So that's probably a glaring one for mine. Uh, I'm not sure what you boys think. That's actually that's actually a really good stat, which I didn't know, because it actually kind of probably leads me into, in regards to the coach, because I kind of mentioned it last week, how you could kind of start seeing a bit of a crack into this game plan. And it's not really a crack, it's just more a reality of where the players are at, because we look brilliant when we, you know, are moving the ball forward via handball chains, etc., but I think what Carlson is sometimes, you know, the, the fault usually comes from, I think we overcommit too many players on the break, you know, offensively, which means if we do turn the ball over, or even if, you know, the opposition are transitioning, not only are they transitioning so quickly, we're leaking inside 50s, which are A, uncontested, and B, they're just so central. So it makes it so hard to defend. And I think that's the one thing which honestly will only come with maturity and I think, you know, experience. It's just not getting so overcommitting all your numbers going one way. Because as you saw, as in Smith, Scully, Warple, Wingard, all these impy, all these ball carriers, like run and gun midfielders, were just running all over on the transition. Mm. And I think that's where I probably lead into T. It was slingshot shot footy, wasn't it? It was. It was unstoppable. It was one-way traffic. You know, the midfield got slaughtered after quarter time, really. Mm. I just think it's Carlton having to just be a bit aware of like a game situation in terms of just, you know, and I think a lot of people were calling for a plan B tonight, really. You know, yeah, well, there, there wasn't, was, there there wasn't no much happening. B. So I, I can't give Teague, honestly, anything more than like a four tonight, really. Yeah. As tough as that sounds, it was just, you know, they're going into a bye next week. A lot got exposed. It was a reality check that, you know, can never harm an inexperienced team like that. Yeah. So yeah, that's so, how that's how I see it. So you've given Tiggy a four. We may as well rate him now. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark, what do you give Tiggy tonight out of ten? Well, I've been really impressed with a lot of the stuff Tiggy's done this season. And, and so um, have I. Must I, I, must I, I say, had, so have I. Yeah, I think yeah. he had one of his poorest nights tonight. Um, we didn't adapt at all, and yeah, you know, one of the biggest mysteries for me right at the moment is since the Essendon game, why has Cunningham not played on ball? Oh, couldn't um, agree more. Yeah, and then you look at our midfield tonight, and we, and we speak about how we get beat on the spread. So, Cripps, Kennedy, Kerno, Setterfield. When you look at those four, they're not overly quick. They play inside. So, as soon as the ball got on the outside tonight, we just got shown up. Whereas Cunningham, when he played against Essen, he had a little bit of Judd release and, and burst out of stoppages. So, we've got to get a better mix. So, and I just think that tonight, too, didn't change it up at all. You know, when we're getting beat, I'd like him to put SPS on ball. Um, we need him kicking the ball. Even put Walsh on ball tonight. He wasn't in the game at all. So, yeah, I just don't think tonight on the run he really adapted. So probably tonight I was a three out of ten for T. But overall, I think he. I think I really like the way he's been coaching. But certainly tonight he had a really poor night. 
Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I don't want today to take away from what he's done at the Carlton Footy Club because the facts are we're 10-10 and 10 since he took over. They're playing really attractive football. And they're playing good footy. Like, don't get me wrong. They're playing really good footy. And we're talking about, you know, a midfield group who, like, Walsh, Setterfield, Kennedy, they've all played sub-40 games, really. So it's such an inexperienced team. And you know, you're going to have, you know, night evenings like what we just saw. But um, I think, yeah, that is the flaw. And, and I, the coaches will know that as well. You know, they're not stupid. They'll know that. Um, Jed, thoughts? Yes, I, I'm going to give Teague a four. The fact that we had no plan B really was, you know, for me, what did it. I think that second half, you could see what was going to happen. It was The writing was on the wall. They needed to come out with a different a different approach in the second half. They need to get players involved. So I, I don't know why Callum Moore was ever in the ruck. I think Levi needed to be our second ruckman when Pitonet needed a break. They needed to get Cunningham involved, as you mentioned, Mark. I think he he has to play midfield. He he has to. He's being wasted as a forward pocket. I know they've tried to play him as a defensive forward, but that's not, you know, we're not getting enough output from David Cunningham. Michael Gibbons as well. I think yes. he provides some dash. He's been, you know, put into the midfield and had a massive, massively impressive run, you know, in the past month or so. But this last two weeks, you haven't seen much of him at all. And he's been played out of position once again. I think clearly from the footy I've watched of Gibbons since he came to the club, he's just not a small forward. Um, he's a natural midfielder, and the times that he's played up on a wing or he's gone on ball, they've been his best games for the club. So, yeah, like he had a he had a really dirty night tonight, but it's just it's not his go. I mean, at times he, he still does some good things, you know, in that front six, but you know he, he's best when he plays between the arcs. So when he can be up involved throughout the midfield, so that's that's where he needs to play. So the one thing that Teague and the match committee need to do, they need to spend some time on Rado. What's you know, where, where, where do these blokes play their best footy? And, and certainly with Gibbons, his best footy when he's, since he's been at the club has been up through the midfield. So he's definitely one we've got to get right. I'd actually like to see Murph go and play a little bit more at half forward and use his smarts. You know, Murph's played some pretty steady footy for us on the wing, but I'm not sure Murph's a, a natural wingman either. That's where I'd probably like to see Gibbons go. So we've got, we've got a bit to work through definitely with the side. You've hit the nail on the head there. It's the midfield mix that needs to get, you know, a bit of a refresh going on there. Just with the back line tonight, what were your thoughts, Mark, on the back six? Did you think that any of our back six were exposed tonight or you thought that they did well, all things considered, considering the ball was being fired in there? Yeah, from late in the first quarter for the rest of the game, just our, our back six run some huge pressure, just with the ease of the ball. You know, when our mid, mids can't spread and they can't put pressure on, the ease of that ball come down. So they were certainly under the pump. Um, look, some guys certainly lowered their colours. I thought Plowman had a pretty dirty night. I mean, Jones, he stuck at his task. Um, but I, I thought the Hawthorne forwards, they mixed and matched really well. Gunston, he was probably close to the best player on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Simo had a quiet night. I mean, Doherty tried really hard all night, but he just, you know, didn't wasn't his usual self. I thought... You know, I had Weedering in my best two players for us. I thought he was just superb again. And SPS just couldn't get himself into the ball. And unfortunately, at the moment, he's, he's getting beat a lot of one-on-ones, which is a bit concerning. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of them lowered their colours, but at the same time, geez, that ball was coming in easy. Yeah, no, that's a very fair point. I actually wanted to ask you about Sam petrovsky Seaton because he's been a hot topic amongst Carlton fans this year. He divides year. the fan base, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, well, a lot of people think, you know, he has to be on ball. He has to be in the midfield. And there are others. I mean, Has, I know you're of the of the opinion that you don't mind him in the back line. No, I don't. I'm sort of on the fence. I don't really mind where he plays as long as he's getting involved. And I, I want the ball in his hands because he's one of our better ball users. Mark, what were your thoughts on his match tonight? And, you know, his season as a whole, does he maybe need a run in the twos just to get that 
get his hands on the footy and get his confidence levels back up? I wouldn't be putting him back, um, but I'd certainly be looking to get him involved more. I think I, I don't mind him at half back, you know, with ball in hand. But the problem is he's just not getting the, the footy enough. So, and then one on one, he's being exposed a little bit. So, I think one one area um, certainly during the game. I mean, you had to look at the last quarter against Port Adelaide. Probably the only player I trusted under real heat in the last quarter with ball in hand was SPS. He made yeah. good decisions and he looked he looked. Um, calm. He had poise. He had control. So at the moment, if, if we've got SPS in the side and he's having eight, ten, twelve possession games, then that's nowhere near what we're after with him. He's probably our best user. You know, we need him to be averaging up around twenty possessions a game. So mm. he's a little bit like Gibbons. You know, I'd like the club in the next nine days to be having a real good look at, at roles and where guys play um, because we need him involved more, a lot more. Yeah, no, I, I I have to agree, and I think that your points tonight about sort of mixing up the midfield, I'm on the same page. That's what I want as well, and I was saying it last week. They need to they need to refresh. I mean, you can't have the same guys in the midfield every week because, as you mentioned, they're too, they're too slow with all due respect. They're brilliant pressure and inside players. But, you know, as we saw tonight, Hawthorne go on the spread and we can't keep up. Bolt, I want you to kick us off with your top three players on the day. Yep. Who have you got best on for us tonight? Um, I thought I thought you know, Mark's just touched on it. There was a clear, I thought, best player for Carlton tonight, and it was Jacob Wiedering. He just keeps on keeping on. He is he's just he's actually dynamic in the air. He's one of our more reliable, you know, users of the footy. Um, you can't say too many bad words about Jacob Wiedering, to be honest. So I gave him an eight, and then then there's slim pickings thereafter. I gave. Casbolt, there, there weren't a lot of opportunities for Casbolt, but you know he hit the scoreboard, he kicked three. I think he took three or four contested marks. I thought Casbolt mm. did all he could given the limited opportunity. He gets a seven, and then there was another one. I actually thought, I actually thought Tommy Williamson held up all right tonight. Yeah. Like, like he didn't make too many errors by four. I actually thought he held up okay as well, to be honest. I thought. And I'm sure, you know, I know you're pretty hot on this, but I actually thought, you know, bar his two major errors in the second quarter, I thought Paddy Cripps actually played an okay game. I thought he was, you know, imposing at stoppages tonight. I thought he was the workhorse. I know he, on the the offensive side, he made two inexcusable errors, really. But it's, you know, when you're mirroring up Cripps' performance to the rest of the team, you know, given the whole four quarters, I think Cripps is, you know, almost on that seven as well. But I'll give Williamson and Casbolt the shout-outs in the top three. Mark, who have you got in your top three for today? Yeah, so I had, I thought I had three standouts and then probably a couple of honourable mentions. Um, I thought Wiering once again just didn't get beat. You know, he was especially under siege. You know, his ability to read the ball doesn't get outmarked. Um, he would have barely lost a one-on-one against tonight. I thought he was superb. Um, Paddy Cripps, even though he made like a couple of crucial errors. You know, you look at his overall performance. It was 19 contested possessions, eight clearances, um, six score involvements. He worked his backside off. And so I had a, probably an eight and eight for Wiedering and Cripps. So I thought Levi, yeah, once again from limited opportunities, took some really good marks, kicked some big goals. Um, so I probably gave Levi a seven. And then I had honourable mention to probably Jack Martin. I think he... Yeah. Yeah, he, he's kicked a couple again and had his 16 or 17 possessions playing predominantly forward. You know, he had an almost night. There were three or four occasions where he yeah. just might fall his way, and he could have ended up with a four-goal, you know, twenty-possession game. So, and I thought he was one that, that looked dangerous all night, and he, he kept cracking in and, and and really kept trying. But um, 
yeah, geez, after that it was um, it was slim pickings. I mean, we ended the night with we had nine players with less than nine possessions on the night. So mm. yeah, that, that pretty much sums up um, you know the score the scoreboard in the end. Yeah, no, we got smacked on the disposal tally. Jed, that's who, for sure. Who have you got? Yeah, so I've got obviously Weedering is our best on ground. I'm going to give him an eight as well. My other two, you know I'm a massive Levi fan, and Levi, he made the most of limited opportunities, as you mentioned, so he's the other one. And one that you two haven't mentioned that I thought deserves a mention is Ed Kerno. I think that he's having an outstanding season, putting together, in my opinion, a career-best year. And he went straight to O'Meara tonight, and whilst O'Meara was good in patches, I think Kerno did a really, really good job on him and just limited his opportunities, I which actually, is all you can ask. I actually thought Ed Kerno's first quarter was arguably his best quarter in Navy Blue. It's, I know it's a big call, but his first quarter was outstanding, Ed Kerno. Mm, it was, it's a big call. It, it was, it was, it's a massive call, but he would have had... Hold on, where's the stat? He had eight clearances tonight, Ed Kerno. Three centre clearances in the first quarter. Like, they're, they're massive numbers in yeah. a quarter of footy. Certainly stuck to his guns. and Yeah, you know what you're going to get with Ed, that's for sure. Exactly. I think it's just a consistent year he's putting together, really. And I know a lot of people say he does that, but I think he, I think he's actually gone to another level this year, Kerno. Because I've never been a, a huge Ed Kerno lover, to be totally honest, but he's, I think he's been outstanding this year, really, Kerno. Mm, the no. dark side... Yeah, so Mark, we also like to name our bottom three on the show just to give the players a little bit of a nudge, a bit of a hip and shoulder, as Haz says, <laughs> to uh, improve the next week. Have you got a bottom three for us today? Yeah, I've got a bottom three, and there are probably a couple of guys who the last two or three weeks have been outstanding. So yeah, probably Will Setterfield, Lockie Plowman, um, and Michael Gibbons. So they were probably my three that I just thought had no impact at all tonight. I mean, I could have had Callum Moore as well, even though he started that car in the first quarter. But And to be fair, I could have thrown another three or four. You know, when you've got nine guys, like I said, with less than nine possessions and just no impact on the game, we just had too many passengers. Yeah, that's a very fair call. That's a very fair call. And I, was, I just want to talk for a minute about Will Setterfield because he came out red hot. He oh. had six disposals in the first quarter. He had a bunch of clearances, bunch of tackles clean with the ball in hand, and he was our gem moving forward. But I think he had one disposal after quarter time. Yeah, yeah. I'm yes. so Crazy, crazy. Jack Nunes is the same. He yes. kicked two and had five at, at quarter time, and I think he's had one or two possessions for the rest of the game. So, yeah, just... You're not going to win games of footy like that. We just can't carry blokes like that who are having no impact for, you know, three quarters of footy. So if we're to take the next step and... You know, if we're, if we're jumping up from that bottom four side, and, you know, we're probably sitting, you know, between 10 and 14 at the moment. If we're to jump up and be a final side, we just can't carry guys like that having no impact for such large portions of the match. That's that, that's where our improvement's got to come from. No doubt. I think that if we replace those players that had very little impact, I mean, someone I really would have liked to have seen tonight was Zach Fisher. I think Carlton needed to spread the ball more evenly across the midfield, and I think that Fisher would have been very important in moving it quickly as well because I felt that we were slow on the rebound whilst Hawthorne was super quick. I just think it's it's a bit of a one-pace midfield at the moment. I think that's the major issue. So for mine, if you're bringing in Fisher, it just, you know, gives more variety. You know, it's it's more of a versatile midfield. Would you be bringing him in, Mark? Oh, without question. So in my personal opinion, I think in our best 22, I have Fisher and Dow in that in that 22, just for the mix with their leg speed, their ability to take the game on. I just don't think we can continue to run with, 
the midfield, especially on dry days, where you got Cripps, Kennedy, Kerno, Setters. So they were our, our, our main mainstays in the midfield tonight. Yeah. Um, I look at a Kennedy, for example. So his last four games since he's come back into the side, he's had two outstanding games and two really poor games. His two best games were in the wet, slippery conditions. Mm. His two really poor games were on dry decks, fast decks against um, Port Adelaide, and then and then tonight against Hawthorne. So, you know, what does that tell you? It's almost like. It's you know picking him on conditions a little bit, but that's if that's where we've got to get to, then so be it. Um, because we were just we got smashed on the spread tonight. So certainly Fisher, or he'll play for sure against West Coast, I believe. Unfortunately, I think Paddy Dow had a little bit of an injury, um, which was going to set him back a week or two. But with Cunningham going on ball, put Fisher and Dow in that side, all of a sudden it's just a much better mix. So you know, as far as Kennedy, Kernow, and Setterfield go, in my opinion. I think we can only be picking two out of those three on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, I... And, uh, yeah, it, it's a very fair call. I just... You're right. We, they do have to mix it up in the... And I think that's where almost Jack Martin's probably added a bit as well. Because Jack Martin's a bloke I love to get his hands on the footy coming out of the midfield. I, it's almost like you need two Jack Martins. But you're right. We've just got to add lays to our midfield rather than just having it's, a it's laborious... It's mid- It is. It is. So one last one for you, Mark. Lockie O'Brien, is he one that you would like to see in the side as well, potentially adding his dash and beautiful kick? Yeah, definitely off a wing. I think, you know, his ability to run and carry, kick long. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I hope behind the scenes that, you know, there's a lot of work going into um, Lockie with his development. So I had a fair bit to do with Lockie here in Mildura. Um yeah, so he, you know, he's got some he's got some weapons and, and assets to his game, which right at the moment would be a great mix for for this Carlton side. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure where he's at and what his form's been like in the practice games, but certainly he he should be a big part of you know what we're doing going forward. Is it is it concerning to you that he's not in our team at the moment? No, it's not. It's it's not to be honest. It's only the third year that he's been on the list, so. And to be honest, quite a few of our young blokes the last couple of years, I think they've been given a lot of games that they probably didn't deserve. Definitely so agree. Whereas right at the moment, they're having to earn their games. But also, there's nothing wrong with developing these guys um, behind the scenes, whether it's you know at reserve grade level, on the track, they, you know, they're working at their craft. I mean, I'll use this St Kilda, for example. So Caulfield and Clark, we're only now starting to see what they're really made of. So no, they were in and out of the senior side the last couple of years, and they've been developing them. And behind the scenes, VFL level, working on their craft. Right at the moment, they're starting to play some really good footy. Have a look at uh, Jacob Wedding, fourth, fifth season. He's starting to play his absolute best footy. So we've just got to be patient with these guys. They're only 20 years of age. We want them to be stars for us. You know, Once they get 22, 23, 24, start to really hit their straps. So right at the moment, that doesn't worry me as much, that they're not playing every week and that they're developing and they're working on their craft. But... You know, when they come back in, they would, they would have earned their spot and hopefully they're a lot better players the second time around. Certainly. No, it's a great call and it's, yeah, it's a really good call. I think that's call. really good insight on O'Brien and, you know, those yeah, types that we haven't is. seen much, you know, this year. Because there are a lot of Carl- uh, Carlton fans who are concerned and sort of asking the question of what's happening. But, yeah, it is great insight to know that, you know, there, there needs to be some development it's behind the scenes. a bit of perspective on, you know you know, the development and, you know, where our list is at at the moment. And I think it's a good thing that, you know, we're not just gifting, you know, 20 games a year to guys like Dow and O'Brien at the moment, so... Yeah, it is. And as Mark mentioned, they were probably getting some games that they didn't deserve to. Yeah, yeah. Without question, so... Um, yeah, I don't have any any concerns with that. Um, in saying that, though, you know, especially coming into a condensed fixture, 
with short turnarounds, um, I think we're going to see a lot of those guys in the next four or five games. So it's going to be interesting to see where they're at and you know what work have they done behind the scenes the last couple of months. You know how hard have they been working to earn their spots um, and what sort of impact they're going to have when they play. So I mean, for, I think for sure the Fisher will play next week. You know, there'd be two or three changes, so we're going to see a couple of new faces definitely. Certainly. Well, just before we let you go, Mark, I was actually going to ask you if you were Teague and you're making the changes for next week. What are you doing with this team? Are you making any changes? And if so, what are they? Yeah, I mean, definitely. And probably a player that, you know, has been maligned a little bit since he came to the club, but I think he's been hugely important for us this year. Obviously, we miss McGovern tonight really hitting up at the footy. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure where he'll be at with his hamstring. Um, and I'm not sure where Paddy Dow's at. But if they were available, I'd play McGovern Dow and Fisher next week. Okay. And, and are you taking out, who are you taking out for those three? Well, I think if we're playing West Coast and you've got. Um, you know, similar weather at this stage. You know, Moore would swap with with McGovern. I'd be, you know, it's probably, and this will this will sound harsh, but I just once again I can't go with Kennedy, Kernow, and Setterfield. So probably out yeah, of that three at this stage, Kennedy might miss out. Mm. Um, and then you know, I, I know he, I know he's been playing a really solid role and kicking goals and hitting the scoreboard. But um, you know, where does Jack Noons? fit in versus a Fisher or an O'Brien or a Dow for genuine leg speed so yeah the club's got a few decisions to make but um, you know at the end of the day we're 4-5 um, you know we do have a younger developing type side but we've also got a lot of experience inside so you know while we've seen some good signs and I've liked a lot of what Teague's done um, you know the expectations have, have risen amongst the supporter group amongst the playing group so you know we're not where we want to be even though we've shown some really good signs as well so it might be time to get ruthless with the selection with two or three to, um, you know selections it's a very good call and I and I'm looking forward to seeing team changes because I like that view I think that we have to start being a little bit ruthless at the selection table and yeah I'm I'm not totally opposed to dropping Matt Kennedy after today and I think that you've hit the nail on the head with the with the weather and um, yeah you've got I mean it's something that we have to consider Mark thank you so much for taking the time out especially late at night after the match to join us on this week's edition of the show we'd love to have you back on in the future and yeah we really appreciate you taking out the time to join us cheers mate uh, thanks for having me it was, it was great to have a chat unfortunately uh, yeah the result didn't go our way but we um yeah, we march on and tr- keep trying to improve and keep chasing those wins. Certainly. And next time you come on, hopefully, it's after a win. <laughs> Absolutely. Cheers, boys. Certainly. Thank you so much, Thanks, Mark. Mark. Mark Alvey there, and he's a great, great blue bagger. Yeah, that was, that was really good insights. Yeah, really good insight, especially into Lockie O'Brien and, you know, blue baggers out there. If you're wondering what's happening with him, he's obviously toiling away behind the scenes, and he's going to be a better player at the end of the day, you know, with that exposure and that you know, training and just real attention behind the scenes. So looking forward to seeing what comes of that. But over to the Twitter sphere where we have our weekly questions and answers here. Yep. But first... Bring them on. Nathan English has sent us a message on Facebook. Blue Baggers, if you're not following us on Facebook, get around us at Blues Footy. Nathan says, Hey guys, a very frustrated fan. I don't have Twitter, but would love your thoughts on Mark Murphy so far this year. The bloke has had 13 tackles in nine games of footy and had been an absolute liability defensively. In my eyes, Zach Fisher would provide the same offensively on that wing and would put more pressure on the opposition defensively. Nunes has surprised me this year and in my eyes has now overtaken Murphy in cementing a spot on the wing each week for sheer effort at the contest. It's an interesting one, Bob. It, it is an interesting one. And I actually, I, I, I appreciate where he's actually come from in the first, heart, in the first bit of that. 
um, in regards to the comparison between Murphy and Fisher. I act, I think you've got to play Murphy. I think, although, you know... Defense, As in they definitely have yeah, to play no, Murphy. D- defensively, you know, Mur- hasn't ever been Murphy's, I guess, you know, strength. But I still think it's, and we say it a lot, it's so no, when Murphy kind of wants to go to that next gear... And if they chuck him into the midfield for the odd quarter, it's the, the lift is noticeable when Murphy is playing well. It is, and yeah, and look, I, I I agree with you. Defensive, you know, the defensive side of his game is something he has to improve on. I'd be playing him. I think we can afford to play him, Fisher, and Nunes in the same team. Yeah, no, I must agree. Uh, we're going to hit the Twitter sphere here. Yeah. First one coming in from John O'Barrell. He's a great man. We've had him. We had him on the show before. Great that we've rectified the starting games issue, but the focus clearly needs to turn now to skill and decision-making in the heat of the battle. We've noted that Teague has been great, a great reactive coach thus far in games we've started behind, but is this a bigger growth area for David Teague? To be able to stem the tide and settle the nerves, or is that more a thing for the leaders on field to be pushing the boys with? It's probably a bit of both. I think I think Teague would be like, concerned within himself that you know there have been a lot of games in his... 20 games at the helm where you have fallen behind, you know, just so quickly. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that does come with a bit of on-field leadership as well. Um, My question quickly, when have we put in a four-quarter effort under Teague? Um, it's either that we get smacked early and yeah. we work the whole day to get ourselves back in the match, I, or we kick, you know, or we kick off really well and have a huge start and then we get caught up. We can't put teams no, away. The, the, I think the two closest four-quarter performances we've had under the Teague would be the Adelaide game at the MCG last year. Yeah. And the but Bulldogs we didn't, but we never, And Bulldogs this year. And we ended up putting the Bulldogs away late. It probably could have been earlier. But we never really put Adelaide to the sword, but we always kind of held them at bay in that game last year at the yeah. G. Yeah. I think they're probably the two games closest, though. But Actually, I, no, they're the two games where the opposition hasn't gotten on like a three, four goal yes. burst. But, I, I, yeah, I, I, just, I just think there needs to be... We need to be better for longer. No, we do. No, we just need to get a bit of separation on the scoreboard. Yeah. As in, I can't feel comfortable until Carlson's nine goals up. Yeah. I actually can't. No, I, I agree. And I think it was warranted with what happened tonight. Yeah. Uh, next one from Blue Boy. He says, Zach Fisher got nude picks of the coach. Surely <laughs> this is the only reason they continually, continually not pick him. If he can't get a game ahead of Murphy, then if I was Zach, I'd request a trade home to WA. And what on earth do they see in Moore? He's not even close to the standard. I'll start with Calton Moore because I was actually pretty... I started thinking about it the whole of Wednesday and I was actually confident they were going to pick him because I think no matter who is available and who we're playing, Carlton are going to play three tools. And the fact that, obviously, we know Kerno's injured, we know McGovern's injured, and even Silvani could be an alternative. He's injured. They were, it was always going to be a battle between Moore and De Koning. I think they thought, you know, Moore, give him more than a week, you know... It was his first game for the club last week. So I thought they probably thought he'd warranted another game, really, just to be fair, give him a crack at it. It was perfect weather for a key four today. He didn't do much. So I can kind of, I can see where they were coming from in terms of playing him. And the Fisher for Murphy comparison, again, it's an interesting one. I think Fisher definitely has to get into this team. Um, and it probably will be after the bye because, you know, you can't have someone like Zach Fisher, especially with the fact that he is, you know, a WA kid and might think, you know, I'm not getting any opportunity here. I may as well go test the market. So mm. I think they do have to watch that. Next one coming in from Moore31. In past games, we saw good ball use even when under pressure. Tonight, there was fumbling and lack of clean possession. Your thoughts? I must agree. That's yeah, yeah, there was. Fair yeah. point. Very fair point. Jimmy Faz says... Have the wins covered some major cracks? Are our senior players reliable? 
Well, I think the fact that we are winning shows development. I'm not sure if wins cover cracks, but um, I think wins... Even last week, I think we noted that there are flaws in the game plan, even though we did beat North Melbourne. Winning's a great thing because we haven't done it for so many years. So mm. I, I'm not going to take that as like, a, you know, a negative. But I think we've all known that the game hasn't been perfect because as we just touched on, in, even in those wins, we haven't played you know the complete games. Yeah, it's a fair call. Uh, he says, are our senior players reliable? I think, I think There's, to I'll, an extent. I'll put it this way. There's a lot more lift that can come from our senior top-end players. Yeah, yeah. Jacqueline Hunt says, I worry about apparent lack of leadership when things start to go wrong. Thoughts? It's a yeah, fair call. It's, it's, it's a fair yeah, call. The, it's the leaders that are getting that are copying it, copying the brunt. Um, and look, it is fair enough. I think you know you needed a bit more. I, I didn't think Doherty was very particularly good again today. To be honest, I think you know I don't really mind if Doherty's not going to rack up twenty eight possessions, but he's turning the. Mm. Do you find Doherty's kicking at the moment's a bit shallow coming out? He's not really uh, getting it he's over not the himself. back of packs. He's not. It's really bizarre. It is. Next one from Jay Straggs Senior. He says, are we mentally fragile? Is it an experience issue? Why do we physically look smaller? Why do we physically look smaller? I think we are a bit of a smaller team. Um, but once again, ahead of the to ball... To be fair, Hawthorne are very tall. Yeah, they are They are very tall. And ahead of the ball, I kind of prefer us because as you saw in the first quarter, when the ball hit the deck, like every time we entered the, the forward 50 in the first quarter, it looked like Carlton were going to kick a goal. It was it was mayhem. It was it was mayhem, and I, I let me say that f- the first quarter and six or seven minutes was the best tackling display I've ever seen from the Carlton Footy Club. Yeah, I agree. It was sec- it was unbelievable. Yeah, it, it was that that they were that's going the benchmark berserk. for pressure. That is the benchmark. Yeah, John Ryan says, "What's our big hole in the defence? We've got Weeders, Jones, and Doc all playing decent. How do they get so many marks inside fifty? I think tonight it was our defensive setup because Hawthorne kept mixing and matching the forwards. They kept switching them around, and I think that we just got beaten because they were air- they were better in the air. I still think there's a lot of midfield on this because, as we've touched on, a lot of the opposition entries just come in so cleanly. It's you know so hard you know for opposition defenses to you know prepare and kind of structure up so quickly when the ball's just flying in so s- directly through the middle. But um, I thought Wiedering was terrific to oh, you know, saving was again. And once again, I think Jones, he's such a good aerialist, but Jones, Jones can't kick. The they, ball I should never be in his hands. Jones cannot be kicking. He can't be the exit kick outside 50. No, absolutely not. Tim's Trading says, I think teams have worked us out. They keep possession and rebound via the middle going over the top. We can't seem to wrestle back possession in the middle. Sadly, I think we are further away from finals than we would have thought. We have no mongrel and a too nice a team. It's an interesting one because yeah. I actually think we do have a bit of mongrel about us. I don't think we used to. I think we're starting to grow into that a little bit. But, you know, it's a very, very fair call to say maybe teams have worked us out because, to be fair, you know, if it wasn't for a far, you know, very quick start against North Melbourne, we wouldn't have won that game. No. And North Melbourne did work us out and they worked us out pretty quickly. And, well, the exact same thing happened tonight except... Hawthorne were just simply a better team than North Melbourne. They were a- able to run Post over to us. The sword. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, it's actually a fair call, Tim. Maybe teams have worked us out, and maybe it's time for plan B from Teague. 
Uh, Ant's AFL rule says, are we too one-dimensional? How many players can play other roles slash be moved to other positions mid-game? We've touched on this, you know, with Mark as well. You know, there is... There is yeah, a we are of, too one-dimensional. Yeah, there is a bit of a one-dimensional, you know, creeping. And this is where, you know, we talked about it a few weeks ago in the list analysis. We need some outside runners through the midfield. We need some outside pace. We just need ball carriers. Absolutely. Uh, Wellesley says, link problem tonight. We panicked, lost control to an unex- to an experienced team. Sorry. Unfortunately, our experienced players fell short of what's required. That's a fair call. Yep, yep. It's the, the experienced players and the copying heat. Yep. Richard Bowden says, why isn't fishing get- Fisher getting a game, has speed and skill, and is in our top 10 players? Richard, I'm not sure if he's definitely in our top 10 players, but he definitely has speed and skill, and I'd be giving him a game, so I couldn't tell you why he's not getting a game. Tim Pett says, we've fixed our slow starts. Yes, we have, Tim, but unfortunately now, we haven't fixed our uh, lack of playing a complete four-quarter effort. Dean Walpole says, yep, Carlton make crap teams look good. Typical effort from them tonight. Struggle to win games, they should. I think it's a bit stiff, because I think last week was, you know, a big big result in just winning a game that we couldn't lose and tonight was similar except we did lose yeah. so I think maybe if we lose to Fremantle then this comment's probably warranted oh, yeah. but let's let's just hope that never happens Tim W says was that uh, was that our A mulligan or once you work us out are we very easy to defend to defend against and that we just lost all system ahead of the ball yeah we really did and it was easy pickings for him uh, Sean Cox and also sorry and the same thing happened a bit against Port Adelaide we lost structure ahead of the ball and you just saw Houston I'm um, not Houston what's his name I'm um, Jonas and McKenzie that just mm. picking balls off yeah it's true Sean Cox says Cunningham SPS and Williamson have dropped off in recent weeks uh, I agree regarding Cunningham and SBS. I think Cunningham's more a positional thing they're playing him out of position he dominated against Essendon and as Mark said hasn't been seen in the midfield since, which to me is bizarre. I think Gibbons is the one that's dropped off as well. Yeah, and I disagree to be 100% honest, Sean. I don't think Williamson's dropped off, as has has had him in his top three tonight. I think he's been I think he's been good. I can't he's fault a, Williamson. Yeah, he's, a, he's the consummate professional, Williamson. He is. And yeah, SPS definitely has dropped off, especially tonight. Uh, Joel Pravan says, we need some more blokes that can crack in a bit of mongrel in them. Hawthorne are woeful after that first quarter. We should have absolutely finished them. Long rule and leadership. Yep, those are the two things. And they're traits that win you flags. Blue baggers, we love it because it gives us an insight into what you guys are thinking and we have to agree. Uh, Jabba, he says, very disappointing, gave nothing after quarter time. We need to learn to play as a team in good times and bad and do the basics well. Plowman never to play again and Murphy slash Simo almost gone. Jabba... Well, Mer- well Plowman's just on a three-year deal, so he's probably going to... Play. And it's Look, stiff, because Plowman's last three weeks uh, were tremendous. Yeah, yeah, they were probably the best you know, three matches he's ever strung together in Navy Blue, really. Like yeah, Plowman. So and he was due for an off game. Yeah. I actually didn't even think he was that horrific. Yeah, I thought there were plenty worse He was Plowman. just soundly beaten. Yeah, he was. He was playing on a really good player. Yeah, he was. And Simo and Murph, I actually, in all honesty, thought Simpson was fantastic tonight. Simpson's taken on a lot more defensive responsibility since Newman's gone down. And he's so down. clean with the ball. He's just, once again, just goes about his business. I don't Simo. see Simo make errors. I don't see it. Yeah, as in, he's just not putting him... I, we're not really using him as that, you know, distributor at the moment. He's more of a lockdown Simpson at the moment, and Simpson's fine. As in, I don't, I'll put it this way, I don't think we're carrying Simpson in the slightest. As in, he only had 11 disposals tonight, but he went at 90% efficiency. Oh, no so complaints from I, my end. Yeah, I haven't got a complaint there. Sandy P says, smashed in the middle. Yep, I agree, Sandy. Dean Castleman says, season derailed. Yeah, I think... I think a lot of these reactions are fair in the heat of the moment, 
but probably, you know, let's wait on until maybe a loss to Fremantle before saying those uh, types of things. Next one coming through from Adam Doherty. Can we please get someone to teach Cripper to kick bloody goals? I know. Uh, Decision-making tonight was disgusting after the 12-minute mark of the first term. They must have had their own bathwater in the drink bottles tonight. Yeah, yeah, no, I do agree. Cripps' goal kicking is becoming an issue, and it needs to be fixed. Brenton Patterson says, Easy to be negative with losses like that. I'm more interested in why we let this happen. Is it mental? Do we have a game plan to wrestle back momentum when opposition sides get on well, roll? We, we do, because we've seen it multiple times before, us wrestling, you know, momentum back and, you know, getting, you know, we saw it against Melbourne, you know, we've seen it, you know, multiple times last year against, you know, Fremantle and the Western Bulldogs. So we can, I think we can wrestle the momentum back in games. But um, I just think, you know, we need to be able to, you know, when a team has momentum, we don't stop the onslaught, you know, quick enough. We just, you know, it was one-way traffic. I think they scored three goals in the last two minutes of the second quarter. Like, you just can't let that happen. Yeah. Like, those types of junk time goals. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, that's spot on. That's spot on. And Brenton, we do love your support, mate. You're a legend. Stan Aman says, when is Murphy going to be dropped and why did Carlton give him a one-year extension when clearly the game has gone past him. Basically, they have made him a list club. It's, it's, oh, it's a big it's call. Very I think as in Murphy got the most coaches' votes in the game against North Melbourne. And I actually thought, look, I didn't think he played particularly well tonight, Murphy. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but I think it's. Ve- I think we're jumping at shadows a bit. You know, you know, questioning Murphy's future at the Carlton Football Club for 2021. Mate, one bad game. That's what. That's all I'll say because I think he's been, you know, very much you know, a part of our best players this year, Mark Murphy. Ewan Morton says, did that one hurt others as much as it did me? Effing Hawthorne. Yeah, that hurts. And yeah. and I was just, I was shattered, to be honest. Yeah. When when that game, beca- when we were, when, when it wasn't winnable anymore, I was shattered. Yeah. Because now we've got expectations. Was, I, I was flat. I wasn't even angry. I just, I, it was just a flat performance. Old Codger says, the loss we needed to have. Last two weeks have been poor despite the results. At some point, we need to grow up. Yeah. No, you know what? That's not the worst call. So, you know what, Old Codger? I don't mind it. <laughs> Michael Potenza says, no midfield moves at all in the second half. Yep, you're right. They needed to get Gibbons involved. Yeah, they needed to, to get Martin to involved. The older they needed to get played involved. Kennedy out of the goal square. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, definitely agree. The next one coming through, Franco says, we can't play when it's not on our terms. We play a little Russian roulette, to be honest. Yep, yeah. Yeah, don't mind it. The next one coming through from John M, was what was the point of keeping more in the side if Harry came back in? Surely a bit of zip from Fisher so, would have been a better opportunity. And I, and I- I'm completely of the I same. Think I think you've nailed this. We, and I agree. I prefer us small. I don't think we need the three tools, but we've heard Brent Stanton. We've heard, I think, Cameron Bruce. We've heard Dale Amos speak about it. They're not budging. They're playing the three tools, whether we like it or not. I, I'm in the camp where I prefer the two. And like a Silvani or Martin type, they're going to do it though. And I think it's just something we have to accept. And I think Moore is a depth player because usually... It's going to be McGovern. It's going to be Kerno. It's going to be Silvani at worst case. I just think the situation we're in with injuries, more is playing. Yep. Uh, Johnny Ashler says, I'm away and haven't seen it yet, but recorded it. Not worth a watch going on Twitter. I hope they get a roast week as piss again. Yep. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say watch the game and let us know what you think, <laughs> Johnny. Um, then we'll comment. Um, yeah, a couple of other questions. Coming through, Vince says they have, they started on us right at the end of the first term. They did. Those with, two goals. You know what it yeah. was? If you watch the 2018 grand final, Collingwood versus West Coast, 
Collingwood kicked the first five goals and they're looking like, oh, this is going to be a foregone conclusion. Yeah. West Coast kicked two late goals at yes. the end of the first quarter. Stems the flow. And it, yeah, and it just gets them into the quarter time huddle, you know, 18 points down or whatever it is. And it's just like, oh, we're not out of it. You know, we've just you played know what as badly like? as we could, but exactly. we're, just, we're there. We're in touching Exactly. Distance. They've just it's, played as well yeah. as they can. But look where we are on the scoreboard. Exactly. You know, they, it's not showing. That's exactly. what it was. That's what it felt like. Yeah, Vince also said, we don't get to play our style, it's game over, and it shits me because it's Clarkson that's that that sniping asshole. <laughs> well, he does, have, um, he does have a dirty history with the Carlton Football Club. Yeah, else, um, uh, yeah we, we, don't, we don't love Clarko. We've got to acknowledge what he's done for the game, but we don't oh, love him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's fair enough. Well, Blue Baggers, there are a few other ones, but I think we've touched on it, mostly relating to our leadership, maybe Fisher not getting a game, and perhaps some players that deserve to be dropped. But yeah. I mean, look, we move on. A bye next week. It's not panic stations yet. There's a long way to go with this mob. And I think in the bigger picture, the losses like this will be massive learning experiences for the boys. And they're they're almost needed. So, yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. It is one loss. And that's what happens, you know, when you know you start expecting now, because we're getting better. Yeah. You start expecting to win these games. And then we do. And yeah. then when we don't, it's disappointing. There's, but that's, expe- but there's, that's there's a expectation. Good thing. Look, they're growing. They've they've they've, they've improved. We, we can't beat around the bush. Yeah. They've improved. It was a really bad result tonight. I kind of feel it. I wasn't too confident. We knew what Thursday. was happening. We've got a terrible record. We've beaten them twice since two thousand and five. I think it's we've it's we, seventeen won. of the last eighteen. Hawthorne have won. Correct. Going into tonight, so now yeah. it's eighteen of the last nineteen. It's crazy. But yeah, I mean, look, Blue Baggers. Hopefully. We can come out against West Coast fit and firing and get them. We got them. the bye, a nine-day break. <laughs> yeah. Well, I said before, I was like, gee, we're not playing next weekend. And then I thought, hang on a second, yes, we, we are. are. Yes, we we're are. We're just not playing midweek. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, Blue Bags, you don't have to wait long. We're playing next weekend, so stay tuned. And look, keep your head up high. It's not all doom and gloom. There's still a lot of growth shown and, well... We look forward to the next hopefully, edition of the show. Hopefully we can pinch a win against the Eagles. Yeah, if we pinch a win, it'll be very different vibes yes. down at the Blues Football Club. Well, Blue Baggers, thank you for tuning into another week's edition of the Blues Footy Podcast. <laughs>